Welcome one, welcome all to River Do's and River Don'ts, the Riverdale Review Podcast, where we watch an episode of Riverdale, we report back to you with a summary of the events that took place in that episode, and we tell you our River Do, our favorite thing that happened in the episode, our River Don't, our least favorite thing that happened in the episode, and our weekly weird, that a little bit of sexy spice that keeps us confused and keeps us coming back to Riverdale over and over and over again. I am your host, Quinn. I'm Rob. And I'm Arlie. And this week, don't you know, we're talking about chapter 42, The Man in Black, the seventh season of the... The Man in Black, <laughs> don't you know? I'm sorry, I can't... <laughs> season of the third yeah. season of Riverdale. the seventh episode of the third season of a Riverdale directed by Alex Palai and written by Janine Salinas Schoenberg let's uh get this thing going because this, this, this thing is, is um, quite an episode like, it's let's yeah before we even get into the breakdown like let's just be real here this one's bad <laughs> it is it is like monumentally bad it's bad in a way that makes it so that the notes for this are half the length of the notes for the second episode at least on mine like there's just not much to say except yeah this sucks this also sucks this Kinda, is the other yeah. way around for me because i i don't know i think that i just get angry and i write the things that make me angry in my notes right you've got like uh, a full rundown on accident then anyway <laughs> let's 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 do it Alright, Archie and Jughead wander the mists and the symbolic train tracks accompanied by the title card with their names and a moody Jughead narration about how they're basically like brothers and Hiram is very scary. Archie tries to dismiss Jughead uh, so that he can have his man pain all on his own, but Jughead rightfully points out that Archie is a big dumb doo-doo baby and constantly gets assaulted, kidnapped, tortured, and wrapped up in various trouble. He cannot be left alone for one second. He will die. <sighs> they see a big barn... Like, hey, look, a barn. And they decide that's where they should sleep, I guess. They're trespassing, however, and get held at shotgun point. They claim to have been robbed on a train, because train robberies are, as you know, quite common in the year of our Lord, like 2018 or whenever this fucking thing came out. Lori and Gracie Lake are the people whose property they're on, by the way. Lori refers, this is an important note, Lori refers to the double barrel shotgun Gracie has trained on them as a rifle, and that is funny, because it is the wrong word yep. for the thing. Uh, she offers to feed them, which is okay. Like, she's like, yeah, I guess I believe your ridiculous story. You boys Immediately um, after stew. calling them liars, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, look, we got places to go, like a barn, so we gotta get this moving. <laughs> At outdoor picnic dinner, they discover that Lori's family, aside from her and her sister, are gone on a heavy air quotes job down river. They can stay in the barn, can Jughead and Archie in exchange for a bit of farm work. So Archie, of course, gets down to some shirtless hay bale slanging. Oh my god, this would be so fucking itchy. Mm-hmm. This would be yeah. the most uncomfortable thing in the world. What are you doing, bro? There's a reason why farmers wear like overalls and coveralls and shit like that. It's not yeah. for the fashion of it. <laughs> Sometimes no. it's for scratchy biomass. <laughs> and like, yeah, Archie's Jughead walks nips into must be fucked. What? Archie's nips must be fucked. <laughs> ah, yes, indeed. Uh 
Jughead walks into town and this is just a post-apocalypse set. Like this is a set from The Walking Dead. We're talking silence aside from crows. No one on the street. Derelict cars level shit here. Gargoyle runes just slapped all over the mess. The soundtrack is spooky. Like but there's a mural it's... of a cow. So it's okay. <laughs> but that cow is uh has sworn its fealty to the gargoyle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> It's it's very yeah, and then there is just this ancient woman sitting at a rundown gas station. Who I swear to God spurts exposition about the town's dissolution uh, due to drugs like a New England coin-op fortune teller machine. She's just vibing. She just sits there and she's like, town wasn't always like this. And the vibes are racist. First it was the jingle jangle. Now it's the fizzle rocks. No, she well, says no. now so, we're back to the fizzle rocks, which uh, I have back, a problem no. with. So it went from no. 90s jingle she... jangle to 2000s. Uh, uh, or 90s fizzle rocks 2000s jingle jangle it's just a cycle but she says first it was the jingle jangle and now we're back to the fizzle rocks and i oh, take issue with I, the way she said hmm. that, that I, well troubling. i take issue with the way she delivered that line because she says first it was the jingle jangle now we're back to fizzle rocks <laughs> <laughs> And it Ugh. fucking destroyed me. I, I had to write that down because I'm like, what did you just say? That was the take. And that was then, the best one. They had to go. Jughead they gotta go, go, like, go. You mean the, the candy I used to eat when I was a kid? No, that was normal fizzle rocks. I, I'm not going to attempt an accent. I can't do that. And I'm not going to embarrass myself that much on the internet. But um, yeah, no, no, this is very confusing because yeah, fizzle rocks are drugs. So, like, that explains the thing with the Midnight Club. Like, they are drugs that are packaged to look like candy. Just like Jingle Jangle. But they're um, called the same thing as the candy that they're... Pa- it's, uh, yeah. Uh, no, they, they, they don't know what they're doing until they're doing it. It's fine. Um, so, we then cut back to Lori literally giving Archie a shave with a straight razor. Which is, like, a thing that you do for strangers. Yeah, and you definitely. you let strangers do to you, like, 100%. Like, obviously, just, just getting your... Getting your neck shaved with a straight razor with your new friend. Archie gets very forthright about this farm feeling like home. What? Then starts making out with Lori all of a sudden. Then he gets cold feet and gives Lori the consolation prize, though, of just fucking telling her everything about why they're on the run. And their real identity. Why would you do this? He's so what? bad. And, I mean... We know where this episode's going, but in my no- my notes contemporaneous to this, I'm like, wouldn't this girl know who Hiram Lodge is? Like, he's like, I'm on the run from Hiram Lodge. He's going to find me. And I'm like, shouldn't she know who that is? And it turns out, well, you'll see. <laughs> I hate it here. It's, uh, a- it's a really weird, baffling scene full of, like, unmotivated character decisions that, like, it's unclear what it even achieves for the show. Like... So it's it like just, the rest of the show. Yes. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, because it, 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 you got your knife play people market covered, I guess, if that's what you're into. Uh, it's, it's I guess it did that. I don't know. Jughead finds some kids in the back of a fucking flatbed playing G&G. And one girl just straight up like, like they haven't spoken yet, right? She just looks at him and says, are you a king? Well, as well, we all so- know. Have you ever Everybody seen him without this king. crown beanie? It's weird. <laughs> but 
but but anybody who who has even like a modicum of the appearance of power, which I don't think Jughead does in that scene, is a king. That's true. But um, it's he's true, just but a but man also... that they haven't seen before, so he must be a king. What? Also, he, he corrects her like, no, I'm actually a game master. That's <laughs> not better. It's very funny. Also, this starts a run that I'm going to note through this episode, maybe the next episode, a fizzle rock showing up. And I've been primed to understand that fizzle rocks lead to a state of being that's best understood or referred to as goblin mode. Yeah. And so I'm I'm on goblin mode watch. When is goblin yeah. mode going to show up? Yeah, because like these kids just have them. In the in the truck with them. Does Fizzle Rocks count as an off-brand thing? Because it's definitely Pop Rocks, right? Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I feel like it counts as one of the weird off-brand things. That it's Riverdale one of the weirdest does. ones though, because it also transforms what it is into a drug. Yeah, I just so, uh... so it's 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 a little bit different, but it is in that family. Uh, they just blast some expo at him. The men are all away building a prison that will double as a Fizzle Rocks factory. Strange man, let me tell you about the secret criminal conspiracy that I, a child, know about. And that my mm-hmm. father slash brother has been kidnapped into. Yep. Because this is a thing that you tell strange. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it's... Maybe it was a cry for help. It's so I, mean, I don't. I don't know that, that they were kidnapped the as much as that doesn't everyone work there and get paid? Well... Right, and or, it's just some questionable things said later in the episode that challenge that idea, I think. And it is so weird that everybody knows that it's just a drugs prison. Yeah. Like, why would you announce that? In a town that is not where the prison is. Yeah, anyway. I didn't know what drugs were when I was, like, 11. You certainly I, I didn't, didn't know, like, exactly where they're made and how they're distributed. And, like, like I knew what, felt, like, And even if you Tylenol did, you probably was, wouldn't tell strangers about it. The, the, um... Anyway, they don't like Lori's younger sister, Gracie, because of her holier-than-thou attitude, despite her dad working for the man in black, just like everyone. And if that holier-than-thou attitude and the enmity there, if you think that that's going to come back and matter, it super does not. Anyway, Jughead does the mental calculus that uh, a person who wears a black suit and drives in a black car and has money has to be Hiram Lodge. That 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 is the only person. And he just keeps doing this. Like He, he keeps thinking, like, he he's like oh a piece of information that proves that Hiram Lodge is is behind everything and like it's really dumb and it's frustrating that he's right yes like uh, now he wasn't about the gargoyle king thing probably uh but like yeah it's dumb anyway Laurie feeds Archie some eggs then brains him with a skillet <laughs> oh I is, fucking loved that bit the actually the eggs bit was so he's like mm, these are good. and then she brains oh these are delicious (laughs) at least he got to eat delicious eggs she takes him out god it's so fucking good it's it's what he deserves honestly (laughs) i mean (sighs) stupid Uh, also at this point 12 minutes into the episode we end the cold open oh well like the the credits have like (laughs) The credits have broken out of their pen and are freely roaming the halls of the facility at this point, yeah. like in season three. I just, I noticed like 12 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is when you're going to do the cut to the Riverdale thing? Jesus. Uh, and like, and you'll get, you'll get like fade in and out credits just forever sometimes. Like they just never end. Like, it's so weird. I'll, I'll, I'll give um, Riverdale one thing. It's good for the economy. It's creating jobs. <laughs> 
then you got Jughead sneaking back onto the farm just as Hiram conveniently arrives. He is the man in black. Whoa. Fortunately, they're not guarding Archie at all, so Jughead just uh, walks in and unties him. <laughs> I... Jughead like tells him what's going on but he just says Hiram Lodge and I have two issues with that because <laughs> like one that's the guy they've been running from like this isn't new information unless you follow it up with is here right now some sort of context and two how many Hirams do you know just just a question for the two mm. other people on this call. Personally, I don't know any Hirams. Yeah, so yeah, I feel you know, like if I met Hirams. a guy named Hiram, I wouldn't constantly feel the need to refer to him by his first and last name. It just pisses me off that they do that. Speaking of people who are pissed off about Hiram Lodge, Archie wants to just ambush and murder him in the barn when he comes to like question him or whatever. And... Uh, just just get some garden, it's like farm shears, just stab him, stab him. Yeah, and at uh, this point, I'm like, Archie, please cool your balls off. Jesus I, fucking Christ. I mean, yes, and also no, because seriously, like, why would... Why, Jughead is, like, staunchly against this, right? Like, he's like, you can't kill Hiram. Okay, Batman. Uh, I, it is bad to kill Hiram for unspecified liberal reasons. Well, Okay, I Batman. I think what? in this case it has to do with the fact that there's four people with guns. That's, yeah, yeah that but was like, like and, and that, thing, and I think that but... that's okay in like Hollywood logic of like guns much more powerful and scary than knives, which is not true in especially in close quarters. But like, I can I can probably buy that in terms of like in the universe of the show. This is a mistake that like all media makes. So, uh, but like, what actually convinces? Archie is an entreaty about Veronica not being able to forgive him. Like, and he's just like instantly like, yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. After he was making out with someone else. Yeah. And the boys beat feet out of there. Jughead says they need to take shelter with his mom in Toledo. He doesn't actually say Toledo, but we remember from er- much earlier in the show that Toledo is where she's at. Now, yeah, this this whole scene is very strange to me because like, why the fuck would Jughead... I guess he and he's really scared of the guns or whatever, but it's not like Hiram is not trying to fuck up or destroy their lives or kill them. And Hiram has shown this very season that he just loves killing kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, this is a really good opportunity to ambush and kill Hiram Lodge. They're not going to do it because they don't have other villains, but, like, <laughs> it is it is weird that, like, the the number of deaths that are on Hiram, child deaths, even, and, like the ruination of like thousands of other people and Jughead's like we can't kill him he's the Mitch McConnell of Riverdale and it sort of seems like the implicit thing is like then we'll be just as bad as he is and that was that was annoying to me Veronica packs to leave the Pembroke and Hermione's all like but why and I mean see all past episodes but turns out Sheriff Mineta has conveniently gone missing uh Veronica goes to her speakeasy uh, gets her own little title card. It's great. Business is going badly. So Mafia Boyfriend gets taken up on his offer to turn the speakeasy into a gambling den. Oh, Elio. Uh, I do got to say, rewinding back, there's a minute where Hermione and Veronica are talking. And Veronica brings up that Minetta's gone missing, right? Mm-hmm. And Hermione gets so defensive. She's like, Minetta was a corrupt man. He had many enemies. <laughs> so many. 
Like you do. Like, that's a totally normal, not suspicious response. Like, she wasn't saying, Mom, I think you killed the sheriff. Or, but then I think she's immediately like, he, it could have been anyone who killed him. I wanted to kill him myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a very weird, bad way of trying to not look guilty. Hiram visits Pops to humiliate his daughter and also to warn her about Mafia Boyfriend's uh, probable angle of screwing her over with this whole thing. Uh, he really seems to think, he really genuinely seems to think that the fact that they are blood related means that Veronica forgiving him for jailing and torturing her boyfriend, among other things, is truly inevitable. Like, like she is going to forgive him eventually. Yeah. This is, he's, um, he's from the generation where they think that just because you were related to somebody means you have to absolve them of all of their sins. The casino business booms instantly. However, Mafia Boyfriend is on an improbable hot streak threatening to clean them out, just, just wreck the whole business. Well, and this is wild because they're like, oh no, this is really bad. What's happening? He's gonna get all the money. And Veronica's like, don't worry, the house <laughs> always wins. <laughs> and at least at this point in the episode, I'm like, Elio is the house, you dipshit. Yeah, I mean, well, and it's and it's this weird thing where, like, for for one second, they play it like Veronica is legitimately confused about the house not winning, and then she just clicks over into fully confident that everything will be okay. It's like her emotional state tracks perfectly with like the beats of the scene. Like she's not a person; she just reflects. The situation as the audience understands it that moment. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, how is he winning? That's so bad. But actually, it's fine because I knew all along that, that like, well, then why were you acting like that? You weren't acting for anyone's benefit. There was no, like, it was just tactical thing going on. Like, just- Maybe she just doesn't trust Reggie not to give up the whole fucking game. He is pretty goddamn stupid. But I think you're also giving Veronica way too much credit. Uh, <laughs> she yeah. is also pretty goddamn stupid. She is incredibly stupid. Um, <laughs> they're all children. So, of course they're all stupid. Uh, they're all characters on Riverdale. Of course they're stupid. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> uh, uh, Mafia Boyfriend ignores Veronica's injunction to just fucking leave, and she challenges him to a single hand of blackjack for all of his money against the deed to Pops. He gets a 20, and so of course she gets a 21. Uh, and we get an after-the-fact exposition uh like like Hiram telling Veronica earlier about Mafia Boyfriend's plan. Oh yeah, you want to talk about Johnny Goldwater's nimble fingers? Turns out the dealer was a lodge plant, and they exploited his Elio. Is that is uh, again his sort of a uh, need to gamble? I I cannot emphasize enough that this man's name is Johnny Goldwater, and he's got the nimblest fingers in this town. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds. Johnny Goldwater's nimble finger sounds like a a pornography. (laughs) He's going to finger blast his way to your victory. Stop! Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, So, uh, upstairs the following morning, Pops disapproves of the gambling, uh, wishing Veronica not to become like her father. It's a family place. Veronica says, and I shit you not, Pop... 
deep, deep down, maybe my dad's not this so bad. This is where I lose the thread on this part of the episode. Like, this whole micro story is, like, pretty middle of the road. It's comparatively way better than the shit that just went down in the barn. But then... Well, like, at least there's a thing happening that sort of makes sense. Like, there are people who want different things and it's playing out. And then, right as we're getting toward the end, Veronica drops the ball so hard. What the fuck are you talking about? You just moved out. You she just, just forgot abandoned the show. living at home with that man because he sucks so bad <laughs> to spend all of your waking hours in Pop's chocolate shop. Like, what the fuck? Like, he's he's the villain he's of the show. He's literally a murderer. <laughs> all the conflicts come from, like, him stealing from, exploiting, or killing various people. That's, but he's, he's uh, an okay anyway, guy. Mm, deep, deep down, he must be okay. Turns out Sheriff Mineta's decapitated handless body, probably his body anyway, was recently found. Oh, shit, Veronica thinks. Fuck, <laughs> well, that's the last straw then. Multiple child murder, private prisons, ordered hits, running gangs, drug manufacture and distribution, two children to the extent of ruining small towns, framing her boyfriend for murder, forcing juvenile prisoners to maim each other for entertainment. All of that was forgivable as evidenced by the last scene. But Sheriff Mineta getting killed? What pisses me off. Fuck this guy. What really pisses me off is this isn't even the first gangland style murder that he ordered. That was a big part in season two. Like, literally, with the phrase, Papa gangland-style murder, which will come up again as they talk about it this. Really what will. the hell? Makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. Uh, at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, uh, Betty takes a fucking Rorschach test with an obvious shady man, Black Hood, and Gargoyle King series I of images. I this scene uh, so Betty gets much. a title card, and... She goes through a line for, quote, candy, which is being distributed to the girls there, which Step are fizzle rocks. Forward, yeah, Nelly. they just give hallucinogens to the it's patients. It's time and, for your candy. Yeah. I, I hate the Betty voiceover that happens here. It's and, like, horrible. Through the rest of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy thing. This is just like, we get it. She can't talk. But, like, I, I, I don't like the way they executed this. It makes me she very uncomfortable. Seems so self righteous in yeah. the VO, it's really weird. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem to bad. match the yeah, state d- that she's otherwise in. Like, if it she were very more confused. frightened sounding, that would make sense to me. But she's, like, way... Like, not... I don't know. She seems, like, overly confident that she's got Look, it. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa saw some episodes of Veronica Mars at an impressionable time. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> like, that's what happened. That, this is just Veronica Mars. And... Again, here comes back goblin watch mode. They're feeding all the patients fizzle rocks, and there's not a goddamn goblin in sight. Yeah, there's very little goblining. Uh, it may be that the Dream Warriors song is like the trigger. Um, <laughs> that makes perfect sense, but, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're just giving hallucinogens to the patients. Patients, I do in heavy air quotes, uh, at this weird Catholic torture cult. Betty dumps the drugs. Then gets a cheery visit from Ethel, who is now also really? here. She's got a Gargoyle King shrine that she says will help manifest so, her yeah, destiny. So, yeah, she calls it a warrior board. It's like, it's it's like a, and yeah, it's like a celebrity crush Yeah, collage. my notes say nice warrior board. Not at all <laughs> sexist. I hate it. It's it's got a it's got a collage of her kissing the Gargoyle King that has a crown it, on that may or may not be a euphemism for Jughead. I don't well, understand what's yeah. going on here. At the bottom of it, it says Hellcaster plus Ethel. God damn it. I didn't oh, see man. that. 
Yes. So That's it's definitely Lancaster plus Ethel. Yeah. What? Uh, so the sisters take misbehaving girls to the Gargoyle King's chamber when they misbehave. This is like a chapel in the place. Uh, Ethel claims to be the only one not afraid of the Gargoyle King. Uh, she also seems to think that Jughead is now in love with her rather than Betty. Ethel threatens Betty about the rocks that she threw away, but agrees to keep the secret in exchange for friendship. There's also a point in the Betty uh, voiceover where she just says, Fizzle Rocks, a.k.a. Drugs. And I... (laughs) 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 And I don't remember... That's awesome. I don't remember what part it was. I don't know if it was when she saw the the maple uh syrup truck i don't know if it was then but i just my notes just say aka drugs but yeah she she's that's said, very strong drugs, aka drugs aka drugs <laughs> fucking awesome fucking took me out claudius mcfucking blossom remember him is delivering something from blossom farms as hiram also coincidentally visits the facility and does a shady manila envelope swap with Sister Woodhouse just right in front of the girls doing yard work. And uh, they call him they the man in too black. So, up on Fizzle Rocks, a.k.a. drugs, to notice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except they did, because they, they know him <laughs> and talk so about him bad. in this scene. They look at him and discuss him with <laughs> Betty. They sure do. This is the point, by the way, where... Oh, God, I'm yawning. <laughs> This is the point, by the way, as Betty wonders, like, wait, Claudius Blossom and Hiram Lodge? What do they have to do with everything? What could possibly be happening? That's where I broke. The characterization of Betty Cooper as the Nancy Drew type, the kid detective, it broke here for me. Because she's not assembling a mystery. She has three points in a straight fucking line. They're feeding the kids drugs. Claudius Blossom is a drugs guy. And Hiram Lodge runs all the crime in the town. It's a straight fucking line, Betty. Yeah, there's no question there about what's happening. Oh, but the episode does not want you to think that. The episode wants you to think, ah, shit, Betty's on the case <laughs> now. Me wild, because there's no question. <laughs> that's an answer. That's not a question. That's an answer. <laughs> if you don't have to question, do any more it is immediately uh, answered by the. It's by done. The- she basically narrates, and she narrates this right then. She narrates if she can just find out what the exchange between them is about. If she can just find the right office or records room to get into the files, she'll blow this whole thing wide open. So but she sees a chapel door. It's lit creepily. Instantly concludes that this is the Gargoyle King's chamber. She has to hide in the single unlocked room that is in this entire hallway. As Sister Woodhouse drags a screaming girl across the place, Ethel, Nancy Drew blocks Betty at this point uh, when she's about to get into that chapel. Ethel wants Betty to play G&G, but she's not interested and uh, gets shitty with her about kissing Jughead. Betty says that Ethelhead is a ridiculous ship and will never happen. Ethel actually says, like, we're going to be a ship. She she says. She says. She says that. uh, And she says that it's because Gargoyle King says so. So, like, Betty getting all like shitty with ethel here makes so little sense like she makes her own case worse like the the person who has dirt on her and could help her maybe like she's just like nah fuck this person i'm just gonna make him mad at me she fakes a seizure betty does this uh, to get into the infirmary okay sure that's a good part of a plan but why shit on ethel first 
Like that just makes your life harder. That makes we your mission We do need to draw harder. attention to the fact that they made it very, very clear in the prior scene that quote only the infirm are allowed in the infirmary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe she needed to do it to like, oh, I got worked up and then I had a seizure, yeah. so I needed to get worked up. Like I got, I got in a in an argument. Couldn't get worked up about the lack of freedom or about the fact that she's literally on drugs or any other thing. We we need to th- we need to trash our one tenuous alliance. Uh, for no reason, just to get... It was stupid. They just, like, you know how they would often go for, like, conflict at any cost in season two to the point of, like, the show becoming total insanity? I feel like in season three, they sort of have this, like, burned-out, faded, washed-out version of that impulse where they go for very limp drama. Mm at the cost of like any kind of character motivation like like they're they're making the same bad choices or in the same bad deals but they're getting less out of it yeah. in this season like the, the people just act completely against their inclinations and against their motivations but they don't even get like insane crazy conflict and bonkers shit no. happening like this is not souped up hot rods and hearses anymore it's like oh ethel is sort of miffed because we're jealous about jughead i also hate that it centers around a boy like they're fighting about a boy and i just like i realize or are they fighting arlie about a king i'm gonna commit an act of violence (laughs) or or a a game master Uh, i know they're teenage girls but like this whole premise of like oh betty and ethel can't be friends because of jughead is just like please it is 2018 i mean and like fighting about a boy would be fine if it fucking mattered maybe like it doesn't it has matter never at all mattered. it doesn't do anything well it's not part of a story. ethel coerced him into a kiss and she's delusional and like i get that betty's upset about that but it's not the most important thing going on right now no and again it just it actually hurts her ability to achieve the things that are actually important it does and again i just the entire character work they're doing with ethel this season feels oh, really oh my god she was kind of like a sympathetic figure earlier and now she's An just asshole. she's just this wretched creature yeah. like she's super pathetic but also awful like like she she's like this pitiable wretch that you would want to like crush to put out of its misery like she's like a bug with a broken leg dragging itself across the pavement and you're like there's nothing i can do but just kill this thing to make it end yeah it's so bad it's really bad it's, it's pretty rough Betty, though, is left unattended in the infirmary, because I guess only the infirm can be yeah. there, which means there's no nurses. <laughs> they just throw um, you in there and then let you figure it out him. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she paperclip lockpicks the file cabinets and looks at mm-hmm. her own file. I have to point out that one of the things that she's been being given is called I Bulio Lapis. I Lapis. Bulio Lapis is so fucking funny to me. Not even Lapis Bulio, like, and never mind conjugation. Just, like, Google Translate bubble or fizzle, Google Translate rock. That's it. No further work. Bulio Lapis. Because uh... it, it, it would be Lapis something where you conjugate that verb, which I don't know how to fucking conjugate Latin verbs. Like, I'm a nerd. I'm doing this show, but I'm not that particular brand of nerd. But yeah, anyway, Bullio Lapis. Lapis. Holy shit. Anyway, uh, it appears that Hiram Lodge is using the patients at Sisters of Quiet Mercy as human experimental subjects for his drugs. Like, 
let's not even get Holy into like shit. how yeah. does that make sense like That's what does that get fucked. him like what the fuck is uh, when was like, the last time? It is a horrible like... thing for him to do, and that's why it happens. Like it, it, they don't, they don't work out like how he gets anything out of it. It's just like, oh well, this is a bad thing that a person could do, and so it is being done, and Hiram is just doing like, it. Yeah. Like that's the way no that this show works now. Their their coke on on children in, in an orphanage because why why would you even care? Um, however, the cocaine orphans sounds like a fucking awesome band name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, anyway. insert any drug name, uh, yeah, yeah, and then follow it with the word orphans. It's pretty good. S- speed, it's pretty orphans. decent. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the jingle jangle orphans. Ham shoes orphans. Now that sounds like a fucking uh, I don't know, like some sort of like weird, like avant garde folk jazz thing going on. Like, there's definitely a washboard oh, in the that. Hamshoes review. <laughs> Hamshoes. <laughs> oh, shit. It um, made me think of the box card so... kids. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Betty takes that file that has some, you know, pretty damning evidence. And in a rare moment of continuity for the show, she remembers the way out from the jailbreak of Cheryl from previous season. Uh, but it is bricked up now. Oh, shit. Ethel Woodhouse and some orderlies catch her in the act, force feed her some fizzle rocks, stating that she must be taken to must meet the be. king. They throw her into the chapel with a pulsing red light issuing from within, and it cuts to black mm-hmm. on a scream. Great stuff. Uh, we then uh, fade to another scene. Betty is ripped to shit on fizzle rocks, retaking the Rorschach test ripped and giving honest shit macabre on answers. <laughs> that's that's, that's the fucking way goes. Fucking way she goes. <laughs> Uh, in her and like I, this is amazing how they end the episode. In her druggy inner monologue, she goes on a little gargoyle king's I prayer hate thing this so much because, as you know, taking drugs one time makes you a cultist. It makes you believe in the teachings of the a cult. Gargoyle well, king's me. rhyme curdled my bones. Bless They're me all with chunky your darkness. Now. What? I, it, bless me with your darkness is one of the lines. Bless I think. me with your darkness. I didn't write it yep. down. I have no no interest in actually remembering how the rhyme goes. I don't want it. Um, I just remember that it starts with my king, my savior, which is already really bad. And then there's a part that says like, or like uh, something with your darkness and bless me with your flight or some shit like that. Yeah. I don't remember. It's bad. Can the gargoyle king fly? His his wings are made of branches. It, it doesn't seem physically. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> It's wild. Yeah, but we gotta we, we gotta we gotta figure this shit out with uh, uh-huh. with our segments here. Uh, so whose turn is it to start? I think with, I like, introduced the it. very difficult River Dew. So Quinn did introduce it. So. Okay, transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a fucking banger of an ending as we transition into River Dews and River Don'ts. I had to scrape so hard on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, really almost bad. everything in this it episode really sucks bad. ass. So I had to scrape really hard to find something. So, you know, take that into consideration when I say the Veronica part was watchable. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. It Is held that together it? <laughs> until the end there. There are at least some things that some characters do that make sense. 
right? There's pulling on some continuity, <laughs> not all and world building with other stuff. Like at least it kind of holds together. Not all of it makes sense, but there is some of it that does. <laughs> by God, a little bit. <laughs> Fuck. Almost everything in this episode is it's fucking really nonsense. Bad. Is that it? Was that the Riverdew? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's that's okay. what I got. That, that was their fucking Riverdew. Like, I'm not going to argue about it. Uh, my Riverdew for this episode was <laughs> the one cut we get to Reggie's face while he's watching Veronica and Elio play blackjack. Because <laughs> he's watching so intently like he has any fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> 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 it's really it's like a dog watching TV. <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me. Because it's just like this one close-up shot of his face. And he's like, yes, I know what's happening. And Veronica's winning. And <laughs> I'm like, you don't know anything about Blackjack. You dumb piece of shit. Uh, and so that was the only thing in this episode that I liked uh, even yeah, a little I bit. Mean, okay, hey, like you gotta get you gotta get the yeah. rivers where you can. Mine's like way stupider than either of yours, so... But I, I have to be honest, like, I have a Riverdew. There was a singular moment in this episode that gave me a much greater freight of joy uh, delivered unto me than any other part. And it has nothing to do with the story. It's 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 bad, actually, but it's just due to the camera and direction. There's this visual sequence that, that gives me more joy than even, like, um, Joaquin's, like, very nude running style. It's, it's a very similar energy, though. It is... When she's narrating that she needs to find out what the exchange between Hiram and Woodhouse is about and, like, find the right file cabinet or whatever, that narration is accompanied by the funniest shit I've seen in my life. Betty is just jog running down this hallway, zigzagging back and forth across it so as not to miss any doors, ineffectually pushing on each and every <laughs> door it. in the hallway. All of them are like, we're meant to see that they're locked, but she's not even trying the doorknobs. <laughs> she's just pushing on them with like her God forearms and hands running back God and forth. Like she doesn't know how <laughs> doors work. It's the funniest shit ever. I watched it so many I didn't times. Even I was probably taking notes about other shit. I yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've I was also definitely playing Hades while watching these episodes just to get through it. But <laughs> it's pretty pretty fucking. It good. was so fucking funny. Oh and that's my river do, even though it's like an objectively bad but thing that it happened. It made me laugh, uh, so funny. it's good. It, it made it made me laugh something. so hard. <laughs> um it did. Oh, it truly just, like, did. Abject terror. <laughs> Let's transition yeah. into our river don'ts. Mine is pretty clear. It's the complete character assassination of Betty Cooper in the writing they did this episode. Like, Betty has been flexible in the writing before. Betty has sort of been all over the place. In this particular episode, even, like, the most core tenets of her character, the stuff that usually you can count on being true about Betty Cooper is just not true. She was given a solution and she took it as a question. <laughs> Yeah. She solved, like, she was given the solution to a mystery and thought, what the hell is happening here? I can't <laughs> figure it out. What? No, it's, fuck it's, off. It's, uh... Eat my ass. Yeah, she she just gets to be really stupid for some It's It's Betty's turn now. My my Netflix is, is weird in its way that it's uh, displaying stuff, but, like, it is when there are eight minutes and 20 seconds left in the episode that my Riverdew takes place, just in case anyone okay. wants to uh, Thank good you. to know. 
watch the amazing sequence that happens there but no that's a good river don't like it's just it's i don't know it might be a level of like just fuck it whatever hand wave stupidity that's like even above average for this show like here is the solution to a mystery and she's like there's a mystery <laughs> it just it's it, like her brain is lagging or something yes yeah and i was like yeah yeah you should have figured that out like when they were distributing fizzle rocks betty's giant forehead just has a little spinny God circle damn. over it and like there's there's so much bad character work in this episode don't get me wrong but this one got me particularly like this one it got me fuming in a way that like because archie is like a dumbass and so he's always gonna do ridiculous shit like he shouldn't have given he shouldn't have blown his cover in the way that he did which was preposterous no. but like it's archie he's gonna fucking do that but this betty stuff i I couldn't, I couldn't hand wave it away. Betty, famously super, super bad and slow and stupid at like figuring out mysteries. <laughs> like the only thing she's good at besides yeah. cars. But speaking of Archie's characterization, this doesn't fit into a segment, but I find it really interesting. It seems very clear that in season one, Archie was a good guy. And like they did that for 13 episodes and it was okay but then they decided to try to spice things up by making him a total piece of shit in season <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. And like, that was a train yep. wreck. And so they're like, well, we got to do something else, but we can't just go back to him being good. So like, what do we have left? I guess he's going to be angsty now. Like now he's just going to have tons of man pain and maybe that'll be interesting. Spoiler alert. It's fucking no, it's not. Really not. And like, I don't know whether it's like separate from it, a separate issue, or if it's a support system for the man pain. But another thing, this season, it is so obvious that they are obsessed with keeping Archie away from all other they, characters. Well, He's like not allowed to be part of the story of the it's show weird. at all. And the thing about Archie having once been a good guy is going to come up next episode. I'm going to have a complaint about that. But this is so weird. Here's the thing. It didn't suck when he was no, just didn't. good. That's what he is right. in the comics. It was fine. It actually worked for there to be, like, part of the appeal in season one was that there was one unambiguously good dude, well, and his dad, who was, like, exactly like him in that way, and, like, everyone sucked ass besides and, him. Like, on a meta level, something that makes me upset about, like, the fact that they are genuinely trying to play keep away with Archie is the fact that we know Luke Perry passed away during this season. Mm-hmm. And, like, narratively, there's not going to be a chance for them to get anything. Uh, not that you could yeah, with an unexpected death in that way, but I don't know. It's, like, that, that is hanging over it. me. Well, and, like, there was this whole big reconciliation between Archie and Fred near the end of season two that they have just dropped now because they're like, yeah, they're cool now, but now Archie needs to go off and, like, run around doing dumb shit or be in punch prison. But any anyway... Needs to do uh, once again, I hate the the uh, instance of terrible, terrible violence where they force drugs into Betty's mouth. Like I, I really hate that. It's too much. I, uh, I mean, the whole drugging children thing is bad on its own, and then just to have that, I just, I don't like it. They I feel like definitely. This is not the show. They definitely go off the rails with, like, the really fucked up stuff whenever they have the Sisters of Quiet Mercy around in a way that doesn't really make sense or track thematically. Like, it's always jarring, it's always painful, and it always sucks ass. Yeah. Like, now, force-feeding her the drugs 
if you accept the premise of the episode, makes sense. Yeah, but... But as we've established, like, the drugs even being there makes absolutely no sense. Like, Hiram is legitimately spending a bunch of money to throw these drugs away. It doesn't make any sense. Not only that, I just really don't like when they have these scenes of just, like, formidable violence that happen. I don't, I don't enjoy it. Like, I... Yeah, that's, the, yeah, on a, on, a t- on a taste level, that makes sense. I like totally watching horror too. movies, but this is not a horror show. It's a, it's a dumb mystery kissing show. It definitely wants to be say, horror, like, too. I don't know. Like, it's, it's obvious trying. that Roberto Aguirre Sacasa has this deep reverence for horror and, like, constantly throwing to horror tropes uh, and references. Yeah, there's a reference to the next episode that pissed me off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, of course. It made me angry. Uh, we'll, we'll, let's, let's leave that yeah. one in the cabinet until we no, can open the cabinet okay. in the next yes. episode hmm. and talk about yes. how bad Whose the reference cabinet is. cabinet could we be talking about? Professional. <laughs> 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 Uh, anyway, yeah, that's a good river note. Uh, my river note is Veronica suggesting to Pop, like, hold, slow your roll, Pop. Maybe Hiram Lodge actually an okay guy. That was so bad, too, yeah. It makes absolutely, like, that, like, just flies in the face of literally the entire show until this point. And, And, like, including this episode. As Quinn, you pointed out, she, like, left home. This this episode, episode, she decided to live like a dirt goblin in in the speakeasy. She's sleeping in the corner of the speakeasy. She's sleeping in a booth because, because her dad sucks so That's bad. how bad Hiram is. And like Archie's on the run after being sprung from jail because of him and like people are getting murdered on his orders. And she's like, "Oh, he gave me like one little helpful tip. So maybe he's yep. actually a good guy." What is she a Star Wars hey. fan? I mean, I do one tiny good thing and you're just good now? I do. I, I would maybe consider it like a somewhat accurate portrayal of like an abusive relationship where the person being abused is continuously fooled about like who the the character of the abuser, but also like she literally. That would be giving the show yeah, way too no, much that, credit that's, that's though the because thing. they're not like trying to evoke no, that. No, they're, they're just bad at writing. Yes. Because, like, that has not been a part of the way that Veronica engages with her relationship with Hiram. She's right. pretty consistently been like, fuck this piece of shit man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, as soon as she actually gets out of it, she's like, oh, wait, but maybe actually not. What if, though? Unless. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, her, that's her writing. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, so. But it's time to get weird with it. All right. Really I've, it. I'm going to start with my runner up and then I'll talk about my weekly weird. So, sure. My runner up is Bulio Lapis. Um, <laughs> because it's really fucking funny. Bulio Lapis, Fizzle Rocks. I also am haunted by every instance of Bruno Mars shouting out Julio in his music. Uh, just replacing that in my brain with Bulio. Bulio, get the stretch. <laughs> um, so, that's. Bulio Lapis is very it's, funny. It's, All right very good um however the thing that. that actually takes the cake for me is the horrible gargoyle king rhyme <sighs> like and the way that it ends with betty just being indoctrinated singing the gargoyle king rhyme i like she just much. knows it it's so much <laughs> my weekly weird is we're gonna be a ship followed ah. by betty saying Ethelhead 
Like there was any reason for that. Edelhead. Uh, it was so, no one has ever said in real life, we're going to be a ship. That was like a bad kind of breaking the fourth wall to me. I really, it was so, yeah, that took me like right out of, it was like, oh, I'm watching a TV show right now. And I, I didn't, that was very strange. There, you can do meta stuff that works, but like, this is just. That didn't work though, is the thing. (laughs) How? How did they think that, like, having her say that would have any kind of positive impact on the scene? It's baffling. I don't know. Maybe it's it's to communicate uh, that Ethel has completely lost her fucking mind. But to me, it was just... I feel like we've done that a few times already. But it was just season. like, okay, did you have to, though? I don't know. That was the only thing that it made me feel. I, I was just baffled. My weekly weird dovetails off of Quinn's a bit. Which is just that we have to take it seriously. We have to we have to take what's on the screen and 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 take that as true. Doing drugs <laughs> one time makes you a cultist. That's my weekly weird. Like you 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 convert to a religion if you do oh, you've a drug. Never done a drug before. No, obviously, just like the entire writers' room of Riverdale. Like so. Here's the thing. We didn't get right. any goblin mode. I was on the lookout. I was eagle-eyed looking out no. for goblin mode. We don't get any goblin mode. <laughs> no, now it now it's religious yeah. conversion instead of Again, it's like it makes you very suggestible and then there's a secondary trigger. If it's dream warriors, <laughs> you go into goblin mode. If it's catholic torture cult, you convert to a different religion. <laughs> Going to start making a flow chart. We have to what figure out what the charts? other combos like, where are. Where do I get started with fizzle rocks? How many do you think there are? I don't know. We have to make it through the <laughs> so many variations of this. Do we? Have? Are you listening to Dream what Warriors? Are the, okay, and what's Goblin the over? Mode. What's the over under? What's the over under on Archie and uh, Veronica taking Fizzle Rocks and then immediately fucking? Uh, if it happens, it's gonna. They were beautiful and in the same room. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so like I feel like maybe that's another one. There's like a different effect entirely. Fuck. Um, <laughs> anyway yeah that, the, this episode was it very was painful so thank you all for suffering <laughs> through it with us huh we're gonna be back <laughs> next time with uh season three episode eight chapter 43 outbreak which is like not gonna have any unfortunate uh 2020 implications ha, at ha, all ha, i'm ha, sure ha 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 uh. We'll see you next week, and always remember, Bulio served that scampi. <laughs> <laughs>